Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and this is Jazz's Travel. Hello everybody, I'm Jazz's online editor Matt Mikuchi welcoming you to a new episode of Jazz's Travel, a weekly podcast series where every week we travel across the world to better understand the significance of jazz and other creative music in different parts of the globe, touching on music traditions of various cultures and speaking with groundbreaking and innovative music artists. This week we metaphorically travel to the south of Sweden in Europe. Specifically, we'll be traveling to Ustad, a small but charming city on the coast with good beaches and beautiful medieval buildings. This is the home of pianist Jon Lundgren, and where he also founded an annual jazz festival, which by the way, will be taking place this year from the 4th to the 7th of August. Known as one of the pioneers in the process of emancipating European jazz from American jazz, Lundgren's music is characterized by virtuosity and by awareness of forms that are typical of European classical music. He also has a unique improvisational style and likes to shake things up, including on his forthcoming live album Into the Night, where he performs in a drummerless trio with saxophone and bass. The album will be released on the 28th of August on ACT Music and is described on the label's website as a stirringly sensitive program, famously arranged and captivatingly improvised. In this conversation, we talk about this new album as well as the Swedish jazz tradition and his admiration for Jan Johansson, the Swedish piano great who really contributed to putting Swedish jazz on the map and whom he has paid tribute to via a number of projects in the past. Fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is Jan Lundgren. Welcome to Jazz's Travel. Hello, thank you very much. It's great to, to talk with you and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where are you speaking from at the moment? Right now I'm at my home in uh, the small town of Ystad, Sweden. How would you describe the place to anyone who's never been there? Oh, it's kind of, uh, you know, 30,000 people living in, in the city and uh, uh, it's just on the Baltic Sea. As south as you can get in Sweden, so it's on the yeah south coast of Skåne, the pro- province of Skåne. A lot of retired people live here in the city, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I guess most of the young people they, they go to a bigger city when they move out, like uh, Malmo, Stockholm, or Gothenburg. Right, the big cities, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from what I hear, it's quite a medieval town as well. 
it's been uh, you know I mean the church is from probably from the 13th or 12th century so it's uh, kind of old <laughs> right 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 yeah do you feel like it inspires you in some way is that also why you decided to make it your home yeah I mean I'm, I I was grown up in um, a smallish town uh, called Ronneby and uh, similar size so I always felt like this kind of small town is perfect for me you know it's a way to relax also between the otherwise kind of hectic life you live as a musician and you actually founded a festival there in in uh, 2010 right mm -hmm, that's true yes you know it's uh, from the beginning it was like uh, an idea to give something back to to the the, the jazz people the jazz audience uh, because uh, having uh, been traveled so much and uh, through the years and thought maybe I could bring some of those experiences with me back and uh, start this festival, you know. So it was a little bit like giving back. The idea was to bring international jazz to the south of Sweden because there was lack of a, a great jazz festival at the time. And uh, of course, the, the one we had in Sweden was... Uh, the number one was probably Stockholm Jazz Festival and the second one Umeå Jazz Festival but Stockholm is uh, like seven, 700 kilometers from here and Umeå is even further up so I thought it was you know the right timing for trying to create something new here and to bring uh, a lot of artists that have never been to Sweden even Right. To Sweden, you know. And will it be taking place this year? Uh, or um, have you had to deal yeah. with many pandemic-related issues? Uh, we, we had to deal with uh, some of those issues, of course, you know. Uh, but um, no, there will be a festival. It's not the full-size festival, but uh, maybe like a 75% of a normal hmm. normal size, the quantity. Yeah. Our main, our main stage is uh, the theater in, in town here, and normally it seats 400 people. Now, during the, this situation, we will seat maybe 240 people, something like that. Yeah, but at least it is taking place. I mean, what are the dates? Uh, I think it takes place at the start of August, right? Mm -hmm. August 4 to 7. Oh, okay, okay. What's, what's in the lineup? <laughs> well, uh, this year we have um, a Brazilian singer, Rosalia de Sosa, for instance, mm -hmm. we have uh, we focus a little bit on, on vocal jazz this year. Caroline Henderson from Denmark, Andreas Scherer from Switzerland, uh, yeah, and so on. I mean, and is it true that uh, you recorded Into the Night, uh, your your forthcoming new LP, at the festival actually at last year's edition of the festival? Mm -hmm. Yes, was a. Uh, new idea I had with um, to form a new group uh, right. including Emile Parisien, the French uh, soprano saxophonist and uh, the Swedish bass player Lars Danielsson and uh, so it was a tryout. We rehearsed for a day or two and then we, we made this concert last year at the festival and it turned out very well. So ACT they wanted to release it, and uh, I said, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sounds yeah. Sounds a great idea. Yeah, and while we're on the topic, actually, uh, speaking of Into the Night and this trio, 
Uh, it's a trio album with piano, saxophone, and bass. And of course, you've played in classic piano trio settings for, for many years, but this mm-hmm. is a drummerless setting and it's a bit different. What is it about the specific setting that you find inspires you? I mean, we, I, I was part of the Mar Nostrum uh, trio, including myself, Paolo Freso on trumpet and uh, Richard Galliano on the accordion. And, and that group, uh, we, we had since have been going since 2005. That was a great experience when it came to playing without the bass and drums. So I thought it's kind of always exciting to find some kind of new instrumentation also. And um, yeah, if you play really tight, if you play really tight, you know, you don't need a drummer, some might say, but... <laughs> The drum is always good also, by the way. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Is the improv- the approach to improvisation different in that in that case? How, how would you uh, describe it or explain it? Probably, it gets somewhat more intimate. Uh, uh-huh. Well, you, you got to, you know, like be your own rhythm machine anyway, even when you play with the drums, but maybe even more so if you don't have the drums. You have to count on each other, you know, like... Yeah. feel safe in the group yeah does it also depend on the choice of material because in this album in particular you you've got quite a varied range of of types of songs too i mean it ranges from uh i believe a traditional swedish folk song but then you've also got uh, other types of tracks in there as well yeah i mean some songs are more difficult to play without drums perhaps and uh, some other songs might even be easier without drums <laughs> really yeah but but it's, it's uh, you know with great musicians like Lars and uh, Emil or with Paolo Fris or Richard Galliano everybody can stand on his own feet you know so they nobody has to depend on the drummer I think this is uh, the secret right. to everything, you know. If you have uh, insecurity, then you need stability, and the stability can be a drummer, for instance, to keep the rhythm steady and uh, groovy. Was there ever a time when you felt insecure? Yeah, well, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. How do you get <laughs> over uh, that? I, I mean, would, how... I would be surprised if uh, if there was one musician in the world who never felt insecurity, you know. Well, how do you come you get over it? I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the more experience you get, you get more secure. You, the more times you perform in front of an audience or the more times you play with very good or great musicians, you know, the better you become and the less insecure you hopefully become also. If you if you're not a nervous breakdown from the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of, you know, what kind of personality you are also, but... Um, a lot of it is down, it comes down to experience, basically. Yeah, exactly, and knowledge, you know. And, what, uh, what about meeting, they, what about playing with the right people then in your formative years? Does that also kind of come into play? Of course, you know, it, it helps to, to, to play with people you can feel good with, you know. So yeah. It's difficult for a young musician if uh, they get in an environment where other musicians maybe say, well, can, can't you play more like this or can't you more, do more like that, you know? And then it's easy to, to become insecure. Was, it, was there anyone in your formative years who kind of helped you get over, and not all of them, but a lot of your insecurities kind of uh, coming oh, yeah, to the yeah, fore? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I, I had good environments all the time and uh, I was discovered when I was 
a little bit more than 20 years old by the great Arne Domnerus, alto saxophonist, Swedish alto saxophonist, who, by the way, played on uh, Quincy Jones' uh, Midnight Sun Will Never Set. So he was fantastic, and he took me under his wings, and uh, that meant a lot to me, uh, my development, and my security. We talked about your connection to your current hometown. Uh, you started a festival there, and you mm-hmm. kind of uh, pay tribute to it, and your music, and your recent album as well. Uh, but I wanted to know a little bit about your connection to uh, your home country in particular. And as we were talking about your formative years there, I kind of got curious, and I'd just like to ask you, how would you define the the uh, jazz tradition in Sweden? I mean, it's a long tradition to start with. Uh, jazz uh, was more very much present in the 30s already and uh, some very fine musicians already then and uh, as Sweden was not in the Second World War we we had a lot of American musicians coming to Sweden already in the late 40s maybe because of this reason maybe the, the economy was not as much hurt and as uh, in many other places uh, and uh, many of these American musicians, they had huge influence on uh, the Swedish musicians at the time. So the history is long and it's, it's uh, strong. And there has been really great, a lot of great plays in, in the Swedish jazz scene. I think the, the Swedish folklore also had strong influence on, on the way Swedish jazz musicians have uh, de- developed their styles. They have a a very strong sense for melody, for instance. And of course, you actually have one of those traditional uh, tunes as the opening track of Into the Night. Exactly, yeah. What about this track? Can you tell me a little more about it? Oh, yeah, it's one of the famous uh, folk songs in in Sweden. It has not been played so much in jazz, but um, it's a lovely song. It's called Glädjens Blomster. It's about... Happy flowers or something like that. Yeah. Happy flowers. Okay. Yeah. So it's a happy song. <laughs> okay. Very connected to nature. Um, and before I yeah. forget, I understand that one of these tracks is actually dedicated to, to your dog, right? Yeah. Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dog person. Well, you know, I, I was not really a dog person before at all, you know, but my fiancé, she, she wanted a dog and convinced uh, me that we should have one and as soon as we we had him you know uh, i fell in love with him also yeah the same thing happened with me and actually it it, it happens a lot uh I, I wasn't a dog person until we also got our our little dog our little yorkshire terrier and uh yeah and uh completely my life completely changed after that yeah. and uh, i'm happy that it did because it really opens mine, your eyes mine is also yorkshire terrier Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Some, I mean, it makes you, I, I don't know about you, but it sort of uh, opened my eyes to uh, empathy. Like, I just felt a lot more empathy in general uh, in the way that I looked at the world around me. That's true. That's true. Yeah, absolutely.
The song you are hearing just now is A Dog Named Jazzy. The tune Jan Lundgren composed inspired by the liveliness and enthusiasm of his little dog. This is of course one of the tracks from Into the Night, his new live trio album that will be released on August 28th on ACT Music and was recorded last year at the 2020 Ustad Sweden Jazz Festival. An intimate but adventurous small gathering where three great musicians offer their exuberant musicianship, wealth of experience and simple enjoyment of being back together in a small group and in front of a live audience. Here's the second part of our conversation with Jan Lundgren. Okay, so uh, speaking of the history of Swedish jazz, I think one of the uh, greats of Swedish jazz is uh, Jan Johansson, the great, the piano great, uh, mm-hmm. whom you have paid tribute to in the past. Was he an influence of yours? Uh, do Do you feel? Of course, definitely, he, he was uh, extremely important for you know to do, to do this thing, jazz. Uh, meets folk music if you would say it like that uh, he incorporated folk music in his jazz and um, there have been many others in, in sweden also but uh Johansson was the m- most successful uh, i would say both commercially and uh, artistically definitely uh, nobody, nobody could even uh, claim anything else regarding the commercial success he had with Jasper Svenska, the LP he did, 1964 maybe. and um, The best-selling album, uh, Swedish jazz album of all time, I believe, right? Yeah, it's true, yes. It's, uh, it's difficult to know exact figures, but uh, I understand it sold more than 200,000 copies in uh, Sweden only. That's a pretty amazing score when it comes to a country uh, who had, at the time, maybe 6 million people. Uh, so on a personal level, though, why does his music connect with you so much? Well, I, I, I like his playing so much. I think it's, uh, it's great, you know, and uh, the quality, the melancholy and uh, the melodic uh, strength and uh, the playfulness. All these uh, issues are things I value very much. And, and uh, he, he got them all. <laughs> He got them all, yeah. Yeah, he got them all. So getting back to the record, Into the Night, uh, is there any particular reason for the title of this record? Well, the concert was recorded very late um, going into the night, so that was one of the reasons, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The song is like uh, it's a ballad, and I think it has one. It gives you one of the. If you think about night and certain melancholy and romance, perhaps. So the title was a good way to describe, like the nocturnes of Chopin. Exactly. Now, now you're talking. <laughs> Eine kleine Nachtmusik. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Also, yeah. So, I mean, does it make any any difference in improvisation when uh, it's done live in front of an audience? Yeah, because you only get one chance, of course, when you play for an audience, and uh, maybe you take slightly more chances when you play for an audience is that so could be um, in the studio you're you know you always 
very particular about everything and you're aware of everything and the same level of concentration, I guess, you know, but you can always redo things or read another take, you know, if you're not happy. And uh, this is not the situation in live. In live, you have only one, one chance and you, you have to try to achieve the feelings you want to, sh- to show. If you understand what I mean, like if you play a really groo- groovy song, you really want to groove, you know, you're, you're not, you know, that's not going to be in any second chance to yeah. groove a little bit better. If you, in the studio, you can groove as good as you can, but still, you know, you, you can go out and listen after the first take and maybe, oh, maybe I can groove a little bit more. Uh-huh. Let's, let's do another one. And, um, I guess some, somehow this must, you, you should be able to hear this pro- probably in live recordings, contra studio recordings in general. And do you feel that you can hear that in uh, Into the Night? Yeah, I think in general, I can say that just in that song, I don't know. But uh, in general, in, in live recordings, there are moments uh, uh, where you can hear mm-hmm. this is really live. It's in front of an audience and the musicians, yeah, they, they're there, yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, before we, we close this, you did mention your uh, Mare Nostrum um, trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to know if there was anything happening with them. Obviously, it's been challenging doing uh, for the same reasons, for the pandemic-related reasons, particularly for this particular trio, because of the different kind of countries where you guys are located. But is there anything happening there? Are there any plans to continue? What's the story? Yeah, we're continuing. We just had a concert in in Switzerland, in Basel, and one in, in France, okay. the festival. So the group is... Uh, still active and uh, okay. we will continue so we better watch this space <laughs> <laughs> i think that, yeah in my world there's room for you know different projects do you feel it's important uh, as well to have that diversity yeah i think it's it's uh, it's great for musicians to work with with um, great musicians you know and, and not to be just playing with the same guys over and over again gotcha that's my opinion, but uh, it worked for me. It worked for me anyway. <laughs> great, great. So, Jan, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much once again for joining us. Thank you very much. Much, Matt. is a bit of the title track from Into the Night, a new trio record by Jan Lundgren, out on August 28th via Act Music. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation with one of the top names in Swedish jazz today. We'll be back for more globe-trotting conversations on a new episode of Jazz is Travel, but let me also remind you 
that you can check out more jazz-related content on jazzes.com, including news, reviews, playlists, new music roundups, all kinds of features, interviews, and more. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe to receive our print issues as well. Till the next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay strong.